Come on, give God some praise. Come on. You can do better than that this morning. There's something about the anointing this morning that can just raise dead people right out of the grave. Amen. I said there's something about the anointing that can just raise dead people right out of the grave. They tossed a dead man in the grave of Elisha, and when he touched the bones, he came out of that grave alive. I'm telling you, when you praise God and you get the atmosphere of God in the house, he can raise dead things to life again. You ought to give him praise in the house. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus today. Praise the name of Jesus. If you've got your Bibles today, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter. And we're going to preach a message this morning called, Come Back Home. Come Back Home. Luke chapter 15. We're going to read verses 16 through 24. We appreciate you coming out this morning. I know it was a little cold out. It's snowing just a little bit, but we appreciate your faithfulness this morning. At my house, we woke up to no water this morning. They must have had a water line break somewhere down the hollow on the main line. But we was able to scramble together and, and look presentable this morning and, uh, and get to the house of God. And, and so I'm excited to be here. How many has felt the presence of the Lord already today? Amen. I mean, the presence of God is here today. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. God is so good. He is so faithful this morning. Luke 15, and we're going to start in verse 16, and the thought is, come back home. And so I think I'm reading out the English Standard Version this morning. It says, he, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Can you imagine being that desperate that you're willing to eat the pig slop with the pigs? When he came to his senses... He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. <laughs> Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this my son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Father, we thank you for your presence that's here today. I thank you for the anointing that we feel in this house, Father. God, help us to preach your word in truth and love and demonstration of your spirit and in word today. I pray that every ear would hear and every mind would understand and every heart would receive. I pray for those that are lost this morning, those that may be backsliding, those that may be cold, those that may be indifferent this morning. 
I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit to pierce their hearts today, God. That, Lord, when we get ready to give this altar call in a few minutes, Lord, but they can't help, Father, but to run to this altar, run to you, Lord, and repent of their sins and come to the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ, Father. I pray for those that may be sick in body today, God. Lord, we release healing in this service today, Father. We release it in Jesus' name from our seated position in in heaven in Christ, Father. Lord, those that might be bound today, God, those that might be living in the pig pen, those that, that are eating slop with the pigs today, Father. God, that they would come to their senses, Lord, and allow the anointing to break every yoke of bondage in their life today, Father. I praise you, I magnify you, and I give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And the church would say, you may be seated. Come back home. A wanderer is is someone who travels aimlessly. They really have no point or no direction that they're going. They're just traveling aimlessly. They're just kind of walking around with, with no purpose in life. I heard a preacher say one time, we ought to live life on purpose. And a lot of us are living life without purpose. I think the word prodigal could also probably fit in this definition or in that definition. Did you know this morning that the world is full of people who are wanderers or prodigals? People who have tasted of the heavenly gift but no longer call the church home? Allow me to share some startling facts this morning. Evidence of a shifting religious landscape is made even clearer when viewed solely through the lens of church attendance. Uh Uh-oh. Here's Barna. Barna is a big research company, and I'm pretty sure that this was published March 2020, so it's actually before the pandemic hit, okay? So the data that we're going to look at, some of the data that we're going to look at today goes all the way back to 1993. And the graph that I'm getting ready to show you here visualizes the share of Americans who say they've attended church in the last seven days. It's a conventional way of measuring church attendance, but let me show you this graph this morning so that you can kind of see this graph. And so all the way over here on the left side, this side says it's 1993, and all the way to the far right is 2020. And on this graph, in 1993, 45% of America said they went to church on a regular basis. But prior to March 2020, it says only 29% of Americans went to church on a regular basis. And so we see this notable change through the timeline. We see this downward shift, this this falling away, if you would say. In in 1990s, again, 43% into the early 2000, and then around 2005 to 2010, it begins to shift upward with 2009 being the watermark at 48% of Americans who said they went to church on a regular basis. And then we get to 2020, and we drop all the way down to 29 and so what we see is we see a de- what we would call a declining trend in church attendance, especially after the year 2012. In 2012, 
Three out of ten adults say they attend church. Three out of ten attend church. I got some stuff up. In actual numbers, here's what it really means. 36% fewer Americans attended church weekly in 2020 than in 1993. This change could be uh, correlated to a number of reasons. And so they, they stated some reasons in this article. They said the growing number of Gen Z and millennials making up the U.S. population because the younger generation doesn't attend church as well as the older generation. And, and, and so we have that. And then they said there's disputes about who gets to be part of or lead in the church. Then we have past and current church scandals that have hurt. And then the perception of the church's role in politics. And these are some of the reasons that they stated as to why there was declining attendance in church. And so, again, the data that I'm sharing uh, came out in about March 2020, right as the pandemic was hitting. So I wonder what that statistic would be today. <laughs> Maybe 15%. Ten out of ten. So, so this was happening before COVID. We, we were, as the song says, losing our religion. We were losing our relationship with God in America. Let me show you another graph by generation. So this is generation. The, the top line is your elders. And in 2003, 51% of elders said that they went to church on a regular basis, whereas in 2020, only 37% went. This is your older generation. The second line is your boomers, 45% in 2003, 32% in 2020. Then you get to your Gen X, 34% in 2003, 29% in 2020. And then you get down to your millennials, 32% in 2006, and only 25% in 2000. And 20, if church attendance trends are analyzed by generations, we, we see some interesting patterns. The decline in church attendance took place among elders by 14%, 13% by boomers, especially after the year 2012. It's re that's remarkable considering it's a common assumption, this is what we assume, that people become more religious after they active, redeli religiously active, excuse me, after they age. While health ailments could impair the ability of some elders to make it to weekly service, that's less likely the case for boomers. I, I know this is a lot of information to take in. But the point that I'm trying to make is there are multitudes of wanderers and prodigals who have left the church. Multitudes who have left the church, who are wandering aimlessly, who we would consider a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter of the kingdom. They're wasting their gifts. They're wasting their talents. They're wasting their inheritance on unholy living. The prodigal in our text, he comes to his father in the text. If you, I didn't read the whole story or the whole text. I took it from where I wanted to take it from. But in the beginning of this, he comes to his father and he says, Father, give me my inheritance. I, I, I'm done with you. In other words, you see, because an inheritance is something that we receive after someone dies. So basically what he was saying to the father was, in my mind and in my life, you are dead to me. So go ahead and give me what is due to me 
and let me leave. I'm going to a far country and I'm going to live life as far away as you as I can. See, you get an inheritance after someone passes away. He was treating the father as if he was dead to him. He was was ready and willing to squander all that the father had left him. The scripture says that he went into a far country, wasted all of his inheritance. He went far away from the father. Question, how far away have we drifted from our father? How far away have we went from God? Three out of ten adults attend church on a regular basis. How far have we drifted away from our Heavenly Father? 30% of America goes to church on a regular basis, whereas in 2009, 48% of America went to church. Let's break this down even further. Let's look at Logan County, where we live. In Logan County, 75% of our population does not attend church. Three out of four people in our county, where we live, that we consider the Bible Belt, right? Do not attend church on a regular basis. I wonder how many of those 75% grew up in the church. I wonder how many people in America who's no longer attending church grew up in the church. You know, a lot of these famous singers, they grew up singing in the church. In the church. Our nation is a nation of wanderers. It's a nation of prodigal sons and daughters who have left the kingdom and treat God as if he is dead. That's how they treat God. I want to appeal to the prodigal sons and daughters to come back home. If you're here this morning and you're in attendance and you're not where you need to be with God, I want to appeal to you to come back home. Come back to the Father's house. Don't be a guest. Don't be a visitor. Be someone who lives here in the Father's house. See, see, I want to plead with you this morning. If you're wandering around aimlessly this morning, I want to plead to you to come back to the Father's house. Somebody needs to shout, come back home. If you're on Facebook this morning, please comment, come back home. Listen, the Father loves you. The Father loves you. He loves you. He knows you've wasted your inheritance. He knows you're living in a far country. He knows you're in a spiritual famine. He knows you're living among the swine. He knows you would eat what the pigs eat if someone would just offer it to you. He knows you're ashamed. He knows you're guilty. He knows you have failed, yet he still loves you. 
He knows what you've done, but he still chooses to love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He knows you failed. He knows you've done wrong. He knows you've been living with the pigs, but he still loves you. He loves you. He's not give up on you yet. The story of the prodigal isn't really about the prodigal. We, we, they call it the parable of the prodigal son. It should be called the parable of the father's love. The word father is mentioned about 12 times in this entire passage of Scripture. He loved his son just like he loves you. It's the parable of the father's love. He, he, he's in the pig pen. Now, I grew up at Kistler, West Virginia, on Buffalo Creek. And just right down below my house, when I was growing up, was a pig pen that still had pigs. And we used to go down to the pig pen and dig in the dirt to catch worms to go fishing. You're talking about a nasty place. You're talking about a muddy place. You're talking about a stinky place. Living in the pig pen stinks. This boy was living in the pig pen. He, he would have ate. Have you ever seen the pig slop? I've seen the pig slop. When I went to grade school at Christian, we had the pig farmers come in, and they'd get the food that was left over out of the cafeteria. It was nasty, and that's what they fed the pigs. He would have ate what the pigs was eating if somebody would have just offered him. You see, when you lay in the pig pen long enough, you'll start eating eating what the pigs eat. I don't want to eat what the pigs eat. Oh, help me, Jesus. But the Father loves us. He, he's in the pig pen. And while he's there, he has a revelation. The light bulb comes on. He, he remembers back. And he comes to his senses and he says this, I'm going back to Father's house. I'm going back. How many servants of my father's have more bread to eat than I do? I'm going back. I got to go back to daddy's house. You see, this morning, if you've been in church and you've kind of got out of church and you've kind of got away from the Father, you need to start saying to yourself, I'm going back to daddy's house. I'm going back to home. I got to get back home to the Father's house. I'm going back. And this is what I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him, Father, I have sinned against you. Father, I have sinned against heaven. Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me as one of your hired servants. And so he starts back on his journey. And see, if you're here this morning and you're kind of lost on God right now, you, 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 you've made the first step back to your journey. You need to make another step here in a little bit, and you need to confess your sins and invite Jesus into your heart to be the Lord of your life. Somebody needs to shout right now. I don't care. Just shout right now. My goodness. You need to praise God right now. 
You see, what I got to tell you this morning is, you've made a treat of God like he was dead, but he's never treated you like you've been dead. He still loved you. The Father's waiting. He's watching. He's looking for your return. He's waiting for you to come down the old dusty road. He's waiting for you to get out of your seat and come down the aisle to the altar of repentance and say, Father, I'm back home. Hallelujah. My God. See, we may have treated him like he was dead, but he's never treated us like we're dead. <laughs> We've never, tr- he never stops loving. He ki- <laughs> The love of the Father is unmeasurable. It's unmeasurable. Let, let me read this scripture to you, Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. It says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. God wants to fill you up today with his love. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. But I cannot grasp God's love for me. I can't comprehend how God could love me with all my faults. I can't comprehend how God loves me even though I have failed him so many times. But his love's always there. His love's always there. All the scripture's right. Mercy is renewed every morning. Mercy is a legal term. It really, it means you're guilty, but the judge gave you mercy. You see, we're all guilty this morning, but God through Christ has given us mercy. So let me go back to, let me just show you from the text how much the Father loves. Let's go back to Luke 15. We'll pick up back verse 20. He says, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. And was filled with compassion for him. Now, if the father wasn't looking for him, how in the world did he see him? Afar off. He was looking for his return. I'm going to say he went out there every day looking for his return. I want to say he went out there every day looking to see if he saw his son come around the bend afar off. And you know what it is about your children? You can tell who they are even in the crowd by the way that they walk, by the way that they look, by their stature. When he saw him, he knew immediately, that's my son. He's coming back home. I bet the love began to whelp up on the inside of him. He began to get just a little bit emotional. He got a little bit excited. He, the scripture says that he was filled with compassion. He had sympathy for his son. Mm. So what did he do? He ran. 
He got so emotional. He got so excited that his son was coming home that he ran to meet him. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. I have sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. See, if you're here this morning and you don't feel worthy, I'm going to help you out here in a minute. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. Put it on him. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. The father sees him from afar off. He's watching for his return. See, if you're a wanderer this morning, if you're a prodigal this morning, the father is watching for your return. He's been waiting for you to come back home. Somebody needs to shout, come back home right now. Come back home. He's waiting for you to come back home. He's waiting. He's watching. He's anticipating your arrival. Watch the behavior of the father. Watch his behavior. See, see, when we read scriptures, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta see who's speaking. We gotta get it in the right context. We gotta listen to what they're saying. We can watch behaviors. Watch the behavior of the father when he sees his son come back home. He gets full of compassion. He becomes sympathetic. He knows his son considered him as dead. He knows his son has been out doing things he ought not be doing. But when he saw him coming back home, he couldn't help himself. He got excited. He had compassion. He had sympathy. He didn't care what he had done. He didn't care how far he had gone. He didn't care about his past, but only about his future. You see, this morning, it doesn't matter about your past. God's only concerned with your, your future. Because here's what the scripture says, that when God forgives your sins, he remembers it. No more. He, he's not concerned with your past. He's only concerned about your future. He wants to remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. He wants to remember your sin no more. So you ought to just come back home. You ought to just come back home. The son, the son's trying his best to repent. Father, I have sinned against you. Father, I have, I have sinned against heaven. I'm not worthy to be called your son. It was like the father saying, hush up now. Hush up. I don't want to hear that kind of talk. You see, if you're here this morning and you're saying you're not worthy, you're not this, God's saying, hush. I, I don't want to hear that talk. I thought you were so worthy that I sent my son to die on an old rugged cross. I thought you were so worthy that I put the sins of the world upon him. I thought you were so worthy that I put him in a borrowed tomb. I thought you were so worthy that I raised him up on the third day. I thought you were so worthy that one day I'm coming back to get you, to bring you to where I am. You are worthy this morning because God says you're worthy. Mm. He says, listen, hush, go get the best robe 
and put it on him. Go get the ring and put it on his finger. Go get it. He don't have shoes on his feet. Get sandals and put on his feet. Kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a celebration. We're going to have a party. My son has come home. See, there's more celebration over the one that returns than the 99 that never left. (laughs) See, God's love never stops coming after us. Aren't you thankful today that you serve a father who loves you? Contrary to some's belief, God's not sitting up in heaven throwing lightning bolts. He's throwing love. He's throwing love. Love is who he is. The scripture says God is love. The Bible says if you don't have love, you're not of God. Oh, that would preach. We could preach all day on that. We'd run, we'd run 90% of the rest of the church off that don't have any love. I'm going to be good. I just about went down a tangent. Help me, Jesus. We'll save that for another message. Listen, I was putting this message together, and I was doing this next part. The moment I started doing this next part, Brandy, the song came on my phone. You tell me, well, God wasn't in this? Let me tell you about the Father's love. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless Love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Look what it says. There's no shadow. You won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall. You won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, he gives his love away. The overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. You say, Pastor, I don't understand what you mean by the reckless love of God. Let me explain it to you. God's love is reckless in the sense that he never stops loving us despite who we are and what we do. He never stops. He loves you. Man, I'm trying to be good here this morning. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Even when you fail him, he loves you. Even when you mess up, he loves you. Even when you do the thing that you know you ain't supposed to do, he loves you. It keeps coming. It just keeps coming. I couldn't earn it. 
I don't deserve it. Yet he still gives it away. God's not worried about your past today. He's worried about your future. He's concerned about your eternity. He's concerned about where you're going to spend eternity. That's what God's after. And if he has to kick down walls and tear down lies and light up shadows, he'll do it. If he has to chase you down, he'll do it. Mm. Somebody asked, I was witnessing to somebody one time and I said something to him that kind of shocked him. It's going to probably shock you. You know how hard it is to go to hell? You know how hard it is to, to go to hell? You have to ignore every prayer that's ever been prayed for you. You have to ignore every witness that's ever testified to you about Jesus. You have to ignore the call of God. You have to ignore the love of God. You have to ignore the cross. You have to ignore every sermon you've ever heard preached. You have to ignore every act of love that you've seen someone do. You have to ignore it all. You have to reject it all. See, people don't go to hell because of their sin. Sin's already been paid for. People go to hell because they refuse to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. The Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and you shall be saved. Today, if you're a prodigal or a wanderer, come home. Come back home. The Father is waiting to lavish his love on you. God wants to lay it out there for you. He wants to wrap you up in his arms. He wants to put the best robe on you. He wants to put the family ring on your finger. Sandals on your feet. He wants to kill the fatted calf. The Bible says that when one comes home, all of heaven celebrates. God wants to have a celebration in your honor today. Despite who you are. Despite what you've done. God just loves you. He has an unconditional love, just loves us. So we're going to ask him to start the music this morning. While they're starting uh, the music today, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to come back and get you. We're not going to call you out. We're going to ask you to Raise your hand here in just a moment. But what I need you to do right now is I just need everybody to bow their head and to close their eye this morning. No one looking around today. 
Don't be a distraction to somebody else today. But if you're here today and you're lost without Jesus, if you're here today and you're a wandering or a wanderer or you're a prodigal, God's here. He's watching for your return. He's waiting with anticipation. And so if that's you today and you're lost without Jesus or you're away from God and not where you need to be and you're indifferent, you're cold, I just want you to raise your hand high enough for me to see it, long enough for me to acknowledge that there's two honest hands. Church, pray for those people this morning. Is there anybody else that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, that's me this morning. I need to come back home. I need to come back home. Is there anybody else that would raise their hand this morning? Maybe you're online today. We're going to pray a prayer here in just a minute. And if you'll just repeat this prayer wherever you're at, God will come and save you right there. He'll go to your house today. He'll go to your house today. And so I'm going to ask the church to stand, everybody in the building to stand. And I just want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for me. I confess my sin. I invite you into my heart. I declare Jesus Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer this morning and you meant it with all your heart and you got saved, if you would just raise your hand right there where you're at, you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Gary, I got saved. There's an honest hand. Come on, church, celebrate. Is there anybody else this morning that would raise their hand? Is there anybody else that would say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. I'm coming back home. Is there anybody else? Anybody else today? Anybody? If you're online this morning, we had an online salvation last week. Come on, church. Give it up to the Lord. If you're online today and you prayed that prayer this morning, here's what I want you to do. I just want you to put in the comment section, I got saved so that we can reach out to you this morning, so that we can reach out to you and and talk to you. Oh, yes, Holy Ghost. Church, what about you? How's your walk with God? How's your relationship with God? Is it on fire like it ought to be? Are you pursuing His presence like you should? Or are you just kind of going through the motions? Just kind of checking off the boxes. Listen, God wants to do a thing in your life today. He wants to set your soul on fire for Him. Just raise your hand if that's you this morning. Just raise your hand. No, no need to be embarrassed. We've all been there. Is there anybody? 
Anybody at all? There's an honest hand. Anybody else? You just need God to touch you right now. You need God to touch you. Just raise your hand and say, I need the Lord to touch me. There's honest hands going up. I just want everybody to raise their hand right now. Father Lord, I'm just going to ask you right now in the name of Jesus Christ to touch everyone that raised their hand today, God, that they need to feel a fresh fire. They need to feel a fresh presence of, of who you are in their life today, God. Lord, I pray revival in their heart. I pray renewal in their heart, God. I pray a fresh fire from heaven in their soul this morning, God. I pray, God, that your word will be like a fire shut up in their bones today, Lord. I pray, God, that, Lord, they'll hunger and thirst for your presence, Lord, as the deer thirst for the water brook this morning, God. I pray, God, that they'll hunger and they'll thirst for righteousness, Lord, so that they shall be filled in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. You need to celebrate God today. You need to celebrate the Lord today. My goodness. I tell you, the presence of the Lord is in this house today. Lord, I just release healing right now. Lord, I release healing. Lord, from our seated position in Christ Jesus, I release healing right now. You said, Father, whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven, and whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Lord, right now, Father, we release healing in this house. Lord, for anyone that might be sick this morning, God, but they would receive their healing this morning. Father, I don't care what it is. Lord, if it's cancer, if it's sugar diabetes, if it's high blood pressure, Lord, if it's gastrointestinal problems, if it's heart disease, cardiovascular problems, Lord, we release healing for it right now in the name that is above every name, the name of Christ, the name of Jesus today. Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we release freedom today. May the anointing destroy the yoke of bondage this morning, Father. Oh, in Jesus' name, God. Oh, in Jesus' name today, Father. We pray freedom in this house. We pray freedom in every soul, freedom of every mind, freedom of every spirit, Father. Oh, in Jesus' name today, Father. We declare freedom in your house. Oh, yes, God. Praise your holy name, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy Ghost, have your way. Church, we got a whole multitude of people that needs to come back home. And God is calling us to reach them. He's calling us to reach them. The Bible says, go out into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. God wants his house full. God's trying to fill the kingdom. <laughs> He's trying to fill it up. And he fills it up through the local church. My goodness. We're going to sign off of Facebook right now. We appreciate everybody that watched us online today. Come on, give it up for everybody that was online today. Hallelujah. We love you. We hope to see you in person next week. Hallelujah. God bless you and thank you.
pastures we call grace a mighty river flowing upwards from a deep but empty grave oh i will praise you on the mountain i will praise you in the mountains in my way you're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray You're the heaven where my heart is in the highlands and the heartache all the same 